behind the chair. This is America. Does everybody know what time it is? Fix It Radio. All right, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday. Welcome, Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. And Dennis Brewster with me today, as he typically is. Good morning. Good morning. How are we doing this morning? Doing good. Good. A little, little cloudier out this morning. Yep. That's all right. That's okay. I we'll like take it. it. I La- like it. Larry Unger answering, <clears throat> excuse me, Larry Unger answering phones for us, as he always does as well. Charlie Grimes, your engineer, and Arc Electric with us. Arc Electric, and we added something to that, Bill and Heidi. We did. Good morning. How are you guys? Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, you bet. So what did you add? We added heating and cooling. Okay. So we are Arc Electric Heating and Cooling. Congratulations. Yeah. So. Nice. <laughs> As you're speaking about being cold in here, we can now fix that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, if you can fix this one, you are a miracle worker. This has been for the, the 15 years for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why, but if you can handle it, go for it. <laughs> Bill's got a T-shirt on. I'm over here in a parka. I know. I'm in, I knew where to sit with the sweat. Literally. Anyways. Anyways. So, uh, uh, any questions you guys have? By the way, we've got Bill with us. We can answer anything electrical uh, on that end of things. We can also do the uh, HVAC side as well. 303-477. 5600 again 303-477-5600 uh, give us a call we'd love to have you on air don't forget you can text us a question as well 307 200 307 200 and for those of you listening to us on tuesday thank you very much we appreciate it rush to reason follows this program we replay this uh, fix it radio show on uh, Tuesdays between 2 and 3 o'clock. So if you're listening on Tuesday, this is a replay. You can still text us a question, and I have access to all the different individuals that are part of Fix It Radio, and I can get that answered relatively quickly if I don't know the answer myself. So if it's Tuesday, you can still text a question in, and we can answer that. And a lot of you do, so thank on you Sunday for that. Too. And Sunday, too. Yes. So I can't remember. I'm sorry. I can't, three. I never remember on Sundays. Is it three okay. to four, Charlie, on Sundays? Three to four on Sundays. Yes. So those of you listening outside of Saturday morning at 9, we can still help you through the text line and can always do that. And again, 307-200-8222. So it's that time of the year where furnaces are coming on. Yeah. yeah. Typically. Um, now, well, some not are, all day, because sometimes in the afternoons, <clears throat> depending upon how hot it is, the AC might be on. Right. Depending upon where you are and where you live and so on, right? It's uh, something very unique about our climate. Yeah, so we can have you know one in the morning and something else in the afternoon, especially mm-hmm. for those that you know, have allergens and things, and they don't want to open the windows up. And by the way, I get all that. So in some cases, you may be running the heater in the mornings or in the evenings, I should say, and then, you know, mid to late afternoon, running the AC for a little bit. Absolutely. What does that do to the systems when that's happening? Is there any issues with doing that? No, that's what they're designed to do. Okay. You know, um, the, the problem you're going to run into is, you know, when you're unexpectedly cold and you go to turn your furnace on and it doesn't work. That's what we find. Does that ever right happen? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. You know, you guys talk a lot about it on the radio show. You know, hey, get ready. Be yeah. prepared. Right. Uh, same thing is with, with the furnaces because, you know, there's uh, several things that can go wrong with them. And um, you don't know that they're not working until you try to turn them on. And, of course, when you're trying to turn them on, it's when it's cold. Right. And now all of a sudden it's an emergency. Yep. So it's, you know, it's always that way, right? 
Yes. So we do a lot of uh, a lot of what we call preventive maintenance, and this is the time to do it. We're usually through October and the first part of November. And um, you know, the reason you want to do this is because you know there's there's three types of, of maintenance that you can do. You can do reactive, mm-hmm. which is yep. Oh no, it's not working. It's a crisis. I got to get it fixed. Correct. Right. Um, or you do the preventative. Right, which uh, prevents things that you try to keep with upkeep and um, mm-hmm. you know, prevent from things. And then you also got what's called predictive maintenance. So you, you know, know it's coming. You know it's yeah. coming, right? Yeah. And with um, the difference between electrical and heating and cooling is, you know, electrical honestly doesn't need to be maintained as much, right? right. I mean, maybe you go, if you have aluminum wiring, you go through and you tighten your. Sure. Your sure. breakers, um, but there's really That's the no exception to the rule. Yeah, kind of, there's yeah. no mechanical, right? Um, unless right. you're dealing with a generator or something like that. Right. So, it's all electronic. You can't maintain electronics, right? Right. I mean, you can go in and, and blow them out with some air. Get, you know, keep the dust out. Maybe torque those breakers down a little bit. But uh, outside of that, it's very different. Um, when you when you get into a heating and cooling system, you know, you've got working parts, right? Got, moving uh, parts, things moving like that parts, as well, uh-huh. yeah. especially with boilers. You're moving you know, air, things along yeah. those lines as well. And you got seals, yep. and you got, you know, pressure <clears throat> switches. Whether it's a, a an air switch or a temperature switch or a flame switch, you know, and these are these are the way that I would call them. I mean, we have terms for those, you mm-hmm. know, flame sensors and right. uh, pressure switches and stuff like that. And then in your generator or your boilers, excuse me, you've got you know flow switches mm-hmm. and and flow valves and right. stuff and you know those things if they sit all summer long right they could get gummed up and they don't work good point and um we right now uh, we're in the middle of we have a, a list of 600 um, preventative maintenance uh, furnaces that are on the schedule <laughs> and we go through yeah. and uh, the biggest thing is you know we're changing filters it's really that simple hmm. you know because if you don't yeah. have the airflow going across that heat exchanger right that's when bad things happen. It doesn't have the opportunity to cool down. <coughs> All right, and, and again, we'll take any question. Will from Parker's calling in with the generator question. So be any, by the way, anything along these lines doesn't have to be HVAC, it can be electrical, but Bill's here. He's a great resource. We've had him on many, many times in the past. Bill's been with us since the beginning of the show, by the way. So appreciate him being a part of what we do here. Will and Parker, though, has a question. Will, welcome, how are you? Okay, uh, say so my question was uh, I was thinking of buying one of those uh, portable generators, but you know I don't want to buy it if it won't if it won't run my well. And my well down there on the box it says it's 230 volts, yep. and yep. it has two 30 amp fuses in there. So, I mean, I don't actually know what the draw is on it. I guess that's what I need it's to heavy. find out. It's heavy, and I jumping in for bill here but he's going to look this up really quick but i can tell you right now there's very few portable generators with a 230 volt capacity that will run a well i mean there are some that are on wheels that you know you can wheel around that are pretty sizable but they're not the you know pickup backpack size generators that will run a well they just don't exist yeah no i was looking for one of those ones like you said that has some wheels on it okay then you'd, you'd have to make sure you size that one correctly, and this is Bill, more Bill's department than mine. So when you look at the fuses, you got to remember those fuses are for overcurrent protection, right? So that's, that's the filter, the electronic filter, if you will, that if you exceed more than 30 amps, these, these uh, will trip to protect your equipment, okay? So it's, um, when you look at a breaker or you look at a fuse, that isn't what it necessarily is drawing. Right. 
you you would Great to point. get a fine tune um, that that amp load, you would have to put a meter on it to see what your particular motor is running. And by the way, if you buy a a well pump ten years ago and it drew twelve amps ten years ago, um, it's very possible that it could be pulling twenty amps today because over right. time the they windings degrade, right? yeah the windings get you know, uh, compromised yeah. and... They're not as efficient is correct, probably the best way correct. to say that. Just um, like a gas engine in a vehicle gets less efficient over time, the mm-hmm. same thing happens in a, in a motor. Absolutely. So just a quick math, if you take 30, you know, times 220, that puts you at 6,600 uh, 6, watts. So if you had a 7.5 or 7,500 kilowatt generator, you would be fine with that. Um, and also, too, remember with your well... Your well only runs to pressurize the tank, to fill the tank. So it's not a continuous load. Right. So it's only running when it needs to build up the, the pressure tank. And then you're running off your pressure tank until it reaches a certain level. And then it kicks back on to keep that that pressure tank, that water replenished. So if you had a yeah. 7.5 um, w- uh, generator, you'd be fine with that. But you got to remember... Not all generators have 220, so it's got to have 220 and yes. at least a 7.5. And by the way, a 7.5, honestly, is is pretty good for for most general small things with people on wells and things of that nature. You, the biggest you issue, as you're saying, because I'm looking online even right now at all the different you know well, brands that are out the, there, the, the biggest big, issue is going to be finding the, the 220 plug I, on it. The best ones I could find were, or at least the highest power one was by Duramax. I think they have one that's like, 1300 watts be 13 th- well, you need you need 13,000 1300 wouldn't run the well correct well maybe, well, maybe it was 1300 i can't remember yeah, 1300 it won't won't run it that's a difference oh, of thir- really? okay. yeah 13k versus 1.3k right Okay, and how did you figure the wattage on that it's just amps times amps times uh, voltage Oh, okay, yeah. So I'd have to hook a meter up to it and see what it's actually drawing. I know startup is probably really high, so... Yeah, startup's going to be yeah. a little high, but, but generators also, they, there's two different um, factors that they have. Uh, they have like a, mm-hmm. a, a run current. And, and a load they, current. And, yeah, so yeah. they're, you know, you'll yeah, bog that generator yeah. down. For a moment. For a moment, but yeah. then you'll... Yeah, the other thing that, that guys use generators for out in the field, Will, is running... Uh, actually, a more common use versus a well would be like a compressor. A lot of guys will take a, 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 a you know, a, a generator and run a compressor, and some of those are, are a higher-end generator or higher-end uh, compressor, and, and, again, they can draw a lot as well, and you'll see a lot of uses that way. There, you know, there's a, few, there's a few folks out there that are doing what you're doing where they've got a backup generator just in case, you know, something goes awry and they need water and they've got to run the well. And to Bill's point here, yeah. and, and by the way, and I just did some looking there, you know, Westinghouse, for example, is one. Most of these are going to be, from what I can see, Will, anywhere from 900 to 1500 bucks, depending upon the type of unit you want, the quality and, you know, warranty and so on. And, and look at the reviews because each one of those is going to be a little different. Some are using a, a more, what I would consider, durable engine like a Honda. Others are going to use some off-brand, you know, I'll be honest, a Chinese engine. And Dennis is shaking his, you know, nodding his head over here because he knows what I'm yeah. talking about. I mean, and, and I'm not saying those are bad. I mean, for a, a short term, you know, you only need to use this thing a few hours a year. You know, some of the cheaper generators that, that you know, that you're re- relying on probably would be fine. Although, if you're looking at this thing as a standby for when all else fails, I'm not sure I want to rely on a Chinese engine that, 
that you know is going to be running the generator right That's even if feeling. you let it sit for like three years and never use it you probably go to start it and it won't work and and also will <laughs> and just do that these guys know this as well you can buy these also that either run off of gas even on the portables gas propane mm-hmm. you typically can have either or if you buy the right generator so that's something else to think about is what fuel are you going to use if you needed to do this this is what you guys do though bill yeah a lot of them come yeah, I, dual fuel option i too, saw right? the ones saw the ones that uh the Duramax ones they run on propane and gas so and that's probably uh, yeah, a 13,000 watt if yeah, you're looking well, at it that way. The little 13, ones typically 000. won't run off propane. The little handheld ones don't run off propane typically. So that's probably a larger right. unit. It's a 13K unit, more like more than likely will. Yeah, what was Real quick, what was the price yeah. of it? That'll also tell us. It was, uh, they sell them at uh, Home Depot. I guess you have to order them. It was $1,500. Yeah, that, that's yeah. going to be a, a 13K generator most likely. And that would work fine. Yeah. Yeah, that would be fine. Now, the other thing you got to look at, and this is where Bill would come into hand, is you need some sort of a jumper assembly that if things are out, how do you actually run that well and hook it up into the generator itself? You need, if you don't know how to do that, you need help getting that done. And, and if you're the one who knows how to do it and your wife does not or the other people in the house, got to make you, it easy. You, you got to make it easy for them, and that's where Bill would come in. He can make it to where it can automatically kick in, or you can go over there and flip the switch. But um yeah and that's where the last thing we want is we the last thing we don't want is the breaker to the pump being on you then hooking the generator up into the system power then coming back on we then have big issues if that happens that's why i'd have an electrician do it properly that's what i yeah yeah no i i know you don't want to backfeed the system Mm -mm. but no i was i was going to just use it if the power went off you know i wouldn't use it that often yeah well, and Bill, real quick, where or Will, where's the uh, where where is your well located? Is it close to the house? A ways away from the house? You know, you know walk me through that. It's uh, probably it's probably uh, twenty five to thirty feet from the, the the breaker box in the basement. Okay, and you've got easy access, and that's the other issue. If the breaker box is in the basement, we can't run the generator in the basement, so we now have to feed some wires that are going to go to the generator down into the basement to get them outside to be able to run the generator to be able to hook things in. There's a lot that goes into this. There's a this. lot that goes in, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and by the way, too, a gas generator, back on to our maintenance thing, you have to maintenance it. You, you have to go out there and start it every so often because, you know, when the power goes off and it's, you know, in the middle of a blizzard, now's not the time to go figure out your generator's not working. Right. Yeah. Right, yeah. And you gotta, well, you got to rotate thinking. gas and all that stuff. And, and honestly, so Will, that's for emergency use. This is, And I'll just tell you as an automotive guy, this is where the propane, you know, the, the dual fuel yeah. ones where you're running propane on it instead of gas really come in handy because you don't have as many maintenance issues with the propane as you do with the gas engine side of it. Yeah, because if it sits there for a year, you're going to have matter. to change the gas out. That's right, if, but on propane, you, doesn't matter. Right, right. And, and less maintenance, too. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Less maintenance. Yes. Overall, and it runs cleaner. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I was going to, if I do this, I was only going to test it on the propane. I didn't want to put gas in it. There you go. Good idea. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're on the right track, I thought, that, I thought there was a way you could hook it up to to the box outside to where you could just, you know, turn it on and it would run, you know, you could run your house on it, you know. Well, the, absolutely. That's the way you want to do it. You don't want to hook this up at your well. No, you want to. You want to create what's called a transfer switch, and then you. What we usually do is we have a little sub panel that is rated for the the size of generator, and um, I mean you can buy them all over the place. I mean I'll just take Generac. That Generac has a little eight circuit one, uh, about 50 amps, 
And, uh, you know, if you just flip the one switch, all of those eight circuits will go to generator power and you flip the switch back and it goes back to, you know, grid power. Um, they even make them where they're automated that if it senses the grid, that senses the grid goes down, then it will switch. Now, and then it can get into really fancy generators where if it does that, then it will have an auto start. Um, we, we've hooked up a few where people like go winter in Arizona, but you know, their property's here and, mm-hmm. and if they lose the grid, they got to keep the heat on, otherwise pipes freeze. Right. And so they'll have that automated system. Um, you know, and, and then if you're, you're talking now into a Generac type of generator, something a little bit bigger uh, than what you're going to buy on the shelf at Home Depot. Um, and then those guys also will auto start every so often just to make sure that everything's up and running. But, you know, you're, you're yeah. a lot more expensive at that point. And, you know, you're, you're paying for convenience is what you're going to pay right. for and assurity. Yeah. So with those, those two fuses in the box down there, I don't need to add those two together for 60 volts. It's just the 30 volts. Yeah, because uh, it's 220, so 220 is A and B phase, and A and B phase are 180 degrees out of each other. So when A phase is peaking, B phase is peaking negatively. That's how you get your difference of potential. And if you look at a sine wave, you got your, your line, that's the zero point. The sine wave going up is 120. The sine wave going down is 120. And if you put those two together, that's how you get 220 or 240. Okay, well, thanks for the information. That You're welcome. Not a lot. No, that's a great question, yeah. Bill. No, or Will, I should say. Bill, thank you for that. We'll come right back, guys. Bill, Will, I'll get these. Dennis know. and Heidi. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. We'll get it all handled at some point here. All right, guys, we'll be right back. Fix It Radio. Again, lines open, 303-477-5600. We'll be right back. KLZ 560. Can you believe how low rates are staying? Still in the twos. Back in the 40s and the 50s, rates were in the 5 to 6% range. How much longer are you going to wait? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Your home has never been worth more. Take AIM to get that lower rate or shorten your term. Lower your payment and pay thousands less in interest. It's your money. Call 720-895-0500 now. Affordable Interest Mortgage. Locally owned and family operated since 2001. Are you ready for the future financially? Many of our clients have the ability to access their equity for 30 years without raising their payments now. This prepares them for those speed bumps of life. Ask how you can become mortgage safe too. Take AIM 720-895-0500 where our reputation of putting you first and listening to you is unmatched in Colorado. Call 720-895-0500 now so you can focus on what's important, family. Regulated by DOOR, NMLS 298-191, equal credit lender. Arc Electric is family owned and operated since 1999. They specialize in all things electrical, commercial and residential, and are specialists in living off the grid when it comes to your power needs. Exclusive electrician for Xcel Energy's Home Smart program and for Blue Ribbon Home Warranty. For security and customer service, they'll notify you via text message or phone call when a tech is dispatched to your home. And also who that tech is so you know when they're on their way and who'll be helping you. They also have a big announcement. They will soon be offering HVAC. Arc Electric is also looking for team members that can troubleshoot and are great with customers and with technology. And as they add HVAC, those techs are needed as well. So for all your electrical heating and AC needs, it's Arc Electric. That's Arc with a K. Call 303-656-3689. That's 303-656-3689. The rebate program with American National Insurance saves everyone money. 
by incentivizing responsible money management. Depending on the cost, customers of Paul Leuenberger will sometimes choose to pay out of pocket rather than making a claim because they'd rather receive the sizable rebate at the end of three years than pay their deductible now. As a result, American National Insurance tends to pay out fewer claims each year compared to the competition, which is in part what gives them an A credit rating. American National Insurance then passes along that benefit to their customers by keeping their rates as good or better than their competition. With other insurance companies, you'd need to purchase extra rider policies at additional cost in order to receive comparable coverage, but American National Insurance rewards personal responsibility. Call Paul Lewinberger now for more comprehensive home insurance coverage at remarkably reasonable rates. 303-662-0789. 303-662-0789. You don't need a new air conditioner. You just need to get rid of that dead rodent clogging up the wheel. The technicians at Absolute Electrical Heating and Air complete a thorough inspection before making any recommendations. They'll show you the photos to prove it. You know that feeling when you get a copy of a checklist that a technician supposedly completed, but you're not so sure? After a competitor told one customer they'd need a new air conditioner, Absolute came out for a second opinion. Once they opened up the unit, they found a dead rodent stuck in the wheel. They took a picture to show the homeowner. Then they got the rodent out. No new air conditioner needed. You can imagine how grateful the customer was to save thousands of dollars on an unnecessary replacement. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air includes photos in all of their reports because you need to see for yourself that you can trust them. Call the team that has nothing to hide. 720-526-0231. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. All right, we are back. Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Myself, Dennis Brewster. Again, Larry Unger answering phones. Charlie Grimes, our engineer today, which he always is, for the most part. There's very few times Charlie is not here. He's here more than us. I know. Always. And then Heidi and Bill from Arc Electric. Right. It's actually Arc Electric Heating and Air as well. So we appreciate those guys joining us. And the, and the generator thing, by the way, every time we're on with you guys, with you, Bill, <laughs> always comes up. Because yes. it, mm-hmm. it's a question that you know, I think a lot of people... Uh, you know, have questions on because they, A, want to know how do they size it correctly. And for those of you listening, by the way, it's you can, but it's very difficult to find. Well, I, mean, I didn't say it that right. I'm not saying it the right way. It's very difficult to justify the expense of a generator that will run every single thing in your home in the case of an emergency. Let me say it that way. So what you're typically looking at is what are the minimal things you need to run if there's an emergency, i.e. a big blizzard or a windstorm or something knocks the power out or a tornado or whatever the case may be, you know, what do you actually need or an EMP, you know, which is a whole other conversation because these generators we're talking about probably won't even fire up in an EMP unless they're uh, non-electronic, but that's a whole other conversation. We won't go down that path today. But the reality is a lot of people think, well, I need to run everything in the house. Well, no, you don't. So what are those minimal things you need to run in that time and then you factor in how much generator you know how much generation power do i need right bill right yeah we call it critical loads okay and critical you know some people are like well my 
my team. My hair dryer is critical, yeah. Bill. Uh, okay, then. Well, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're going to pay for TV. what you're going to pay for it. You know, and and you know, there are some arguments where maybe a TV is, you know, because you can get news, but and that doesn't draw much. So we're not talking a yeah, ton with a TV, right? No, but you know, maybe a good radio would be better for you anyway. True. Yeah. You know, because then you could take the radio with you if you got to go somewhere. True. Right. You know, True. Um, but. Uh, yeah, we always have this conversation, and I tell people, you know. So again, how does so how does that start? How do you get people to really start thinking about these are my necessities? Will a moment ago and the well. Yes, running the well is a necessity. You got to have fresh water, so that one's easy. But beyond that, I mean, when you start looking at even, you know, some electric stoves can draw a ton, and right. you know, microwaves draw a ton, and things along those lines. So, you know, what do you really need, quote unquote, in that time? What do you have you could supplement with? You have a gas grill that you can cook on outside, mm -hmm. you know, things along those lines. You really need to think through, what do I have to have to survive mm -hmm. during this time? Yeah, and that's where that whole preparedness, and you often do shows on that, and I love those because those are very important. Get you thinking. You know, you need to think those things through before. Right. You know, and you need yeah, for to example, do some of you have just kicking around a Coleman camp stove, which uh -huh. if you did, there's a lot of cooking you can do on a Coleman camp stove to survive if need be. But do you own one? And if you do, how does it run? Does it run on white gas or does it run on propane cans? And do you have the gas? And, and do you have all that? <laughs> yeah. Or do you have a, you know, an old Weber grill that you could you know, put charcoal on or something? And, Correct. Know, Colorado is, for the most part, it's, you could, even if it got really bad, you could still go outside and cook so, on a grill you if you needed to i sure. mean but you know some of these instant pots now some of these hot plates they don't draw that much so True. you could even you know yeah. um, so how do i start well i start with their what their motivation is you okay. know I, I ask i said why do you want this because people either want it for emergency backup mm -hmm. you know hey we lose power out here or you know snowstorm whatever i want to get through a few days um the other person is is well i think you know the world's coming to an end and the right. government and everything EMP's about down. to hit and mm -hmm. I need to get something handled um, and then you know the whole prepper thing you know all that so right. those are two totally different conversations by the way yes they are because you know if you're just trying to get through the day or a couple of days because of a snowstorm or something well you know then you can set up a a generator with some gas and you know go there if you're thinking what I say zombie a couple you know, apocalypse well why are you even doing that? Because you, a, you're going to run out of gas. Two, they're coming for you, right? Because <laughs> you got the true. generator. That's true. Right. I mean, you're, yeah. you're the so place to be. It's it's different conversations. That's a good but, point. Um, you know, a great point. People often don't realize, you know, because that's the next. So we we determine what they want or what their motivation is, and then we say, okay, well, what do you consider a critical load? And now we get into that conversation of, well, I got to have. You know my entertainment center, and I'm like, no. What you nope. need to be thinking of what runs the freezer, the Correct. fridge, and What's what do you cook you on? Well, even the furnace. fridge. Do you really need the fridge? Because it's already yeah. cold, and as long as you don't open it, potentially. Although well, it I'd, depends on what food you have in there. You don't want to have spoil, I guess. Yeah, is what yeah, it boils down to. If you go get some ice outside, you could <laughs> put it in the refrigerator. <laughs> you know, in a what, pot. If what if you know? Yeah. We've also got situations where there's. I believe. Trust me, and when I say this, by the way, this is a sailing point for for Bill. By the way. As we continue to convert over to this EV grid that the government wants to have happen, which, by the way, I'm not against electric vehicles. You guys have all heard me talk about that. But is it need to be? Does it need to be forced on the economy? Absolutely not. Do we have the grid? And Bill can talk to this even. Do we have the grid capability to even handle everybody? You know, the I did the math the other day. There's 230 roughly million vehicles on U.S. roads today. Bill, do we have a grid to support 230 million EV vehicles in this country? 
Um, yes and no. Okay. Yes and yes. <laughs> no and no. Okay. <laughs> if I institute blackouts, absolutely. Yes. Thank you. That's where I'm going with this. Because <laughs> yeah. if we go that route, you're going to have you, rolling blackouts. You have an example of that in, um, in California. That's right. Where all these people have all these electric vehicles, and then they instituted rolling blackouts, and all of a sudden they can't charge their car. That's right. Oops. That's right. So, you know, it's, it's not an unlimited supply, you know. Um, no, it is not. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm all about the – we have an electric vehicle. We have solar on our house. Um, and, and, honestly, it's for selfish reasons. It's not for the environment. Because right. if you want to get down to the nuts and bolts about it, natural fossil fuels are more friendly environment right. than the production. Exactly. Of solar yes, they and are. electric batteries. Yes, they are. They are very harmful, extremely yes. harmful to the environment. So yes, if they you want to go down, we're going down that path, it's a whole other conversation. <laughs> you know, it's uh, we got to, you know, at, at Dennis, he's been a couple of our last Wednesday. It's like it, you, people start got to get off the surface and start yes. looking behind. Yeah, delve down. That's right. Know, looking behind the, That's right. the scenes here because there's a lot more to this than. Well, I'll give you real And I know Jeff Hangtight will take you right after the break, but on. When it comes to just EV vehicles in general and the rare earth metals and the batteries that it takes to even create those vehicles, if you really care about the environment and human beings, by the way, you probably wouldn't buy one. Now, I'm not saying don't buy one because they're going to make them regardless of whether you buy one or not. But if you really want to be a purist and you really want to be that, you know, quote unquote tree hugger and you're concerned about the environment and all of that, you'd never buy a battery again because the rare earth metals are creating slave labor, child slave labor mm-hmm. across the globe. So if you wanted, if you went down that path alone, Bill, you wouldn't do it. You better buy a bicycle. Yes. Well, and the other thing with it is the batteries to get rid of them to the two. Yeah, we haven't dis- quite got our recycling end of it. They, they, there is well none. Yet. Right now, it's the starting. old style batteries, there is, and they can repurpose. They can rebuild those batteries back up. They'll right. they'll take a lot of those plates and everything else, Correct. and they can remake batteries. But they can't do it with the lithium. Not right. yet. Not There's yet. Something. Tesla, they just, Tesla's uh, about there. They're close. Are they? Yeah, they're yeah, close. But it's pretty much bad to do. Dis- oh yeah. Oh no, I know it is. Yeah. There was um, go back into automotive history. History. The first car was actually an electric vehicle. Yes, it was. Yes. It was the yeah, very way first back one. When. Yes, and there's um, early, well, late 1800s, early 1900s, the the Denver battery was invented. Um, search it, the Denver battery. It was a, it was a tank of a battery. Mm. It was, it never needed replaced. It was, you know, you replenish it, it would go forever. Mm. They took it out of the market. They forced it out of the market. Made it semi-illegal to produce because it was a one-and-done deal. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. I'll look it up. Jeff, hang tight. We'll come right back again. Fix-It Radio, any questions you've got or comments, 303-477-5600. You can text us as well, 307-282-22. We'll be right back, though, KLZ Radio. Your teenager is your biggest financial risk. You buy reliable auto insurance in part to protect yourself from financial loss in case you get in a wreck with large repair expenses for your own vehicle. But you also buy reliable auto insurance to protect yourself from lawsuits. Now, you might not think you make enough money to be at risk of getting sued, but you do have a teenager who drives your car. Let's pose a little scenario that we heard from a real KLZ listener. Your granddaughter is driving your car and gets in a major wreck. You do have auto insurance, but it's not enough coverage. You only have the state minimums. So the other person's insurance company comes after you personally for everything they can get. 
For years afterward, part of your paycheck goes towards paying someone else's bills. With the right coverage, this could have been avoided. Get the auto coverage you need from Paul Lewinberger of American National Insurance. Call 303-662-0789. 303-662-0789. Take AIM. Affordable Interest Mortgage has been offering the Asset Manager All-in-One Loan for over 11 years. We are experienced in helping homeowners pay thousands less in interest on their mortgage, own their home faster, all without spending one dime more. 720-895-0500. Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, where we have hundreds of clients that have been using this loans to build their equity faster, access emergency funds when necessary, and pay off their home in 8 to 13 years versus 25 to 30. People initially believe this loan is too good to be true, but it is true. Call 720-895-0500 now to see if you qualify. Loans from 100000 to $2.5 million, same rate. Ask our previous clients. They will tell you it works. Call 720-895-0500 and work with the experts. This loan has been around since 1965. Affordable interest mortgage, where it's all about you. 720-895-0500. Regulated by DOOR, NMLS 298191, Equal Credit Lender. RoofMax is the fountain of life for your roof and will bring your shingles back to life. The natural oils in the asphalt protect your roof as weather and temperature cause the material to expand and contract daily. This oil gradually evaporates over time, causing your shingles to dry out and lose their flexibility. You may start to see your shingles cracking, breaking, streaking, and curling. Granules may begin flaking off. RoofMax could reverse minor curling, cracking, and granule loss to make your shingles like new again. The water-soluble plant-based treatment extends the life of your roof by at least five years, guaranteed. Call Dave Hart now for a free assessment of your asphalt shingles, 303-710-6916. He will go anywhere from the eastern slope to the eastern Colorado border and from Cheyenne to the southern border. Mention Rush to Reason for $100 off your treatment, 303-710-6916. Make your life more convenient. You just found out that in order to install a new appliance in your home, you need a new electrical panel. Your current panel isn't safe or energy efficient, so it can't support the additional load. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air makes an inconvenient situation simpler. The live chat feature at AbsoluteFix.com stays active 24-7, 365, so you can schedule your estimate with a real human being at midnight on a Saturday. You get a two-hour time window for your appointment, so you don't need to wait around all day for a technician to arrive. 30 minutes before your appointment, you get a text message with a photo and a bio of your technician so you know who's coming into your home. Then, 15 minutes after they leave, you get a phone call asking how they could have provided an even better experience. Make your life easier. Schedule an estimate with Absolute Electrical Heating and Air at AbsoluteFix.com. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. All right, we're back. Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Jeff in Western Montana, how are you, sir? Welcome. I am better than I deserve, thanks. Thanks for calling, Jeff. You bet. A couple of things. First of all, a little known point, I think, that uh, more radioactivity has been released by burning coal than in any of the nuclear accidents that have been out there. 
We we um, I, and now you're on my path. I wish we just would get rid of some of what we do that way and go nuclear and call it good. We could power everything we want to that way. And I've had folks yeah, on it, even from the Nuclear Institute talking about the the safety. To your point, Jeff, the safety of that and the fact that you know we, you know, I, I look at nuclear and guys, bear with me here, but I look at nuclear a lot like the diesel engine market in the late 70s and Dennis will remember this in the late 70s General Motors took a gas Oldsmobile engine and converted it they won't tell you they converted it but essentially they did they converted it to a diesel engine and I saw commercials even the other day for you know these Buick wagons and Oldsmobile wagons and stuff with this diesel engine it was going to be the best thing since sliced bread well they were awful they were smoky they were nasty and what they did Jeff is they really turned I think an entire generation or two or three off of diesel engines to where in the United States of America, we struggled. We're finally now at a point where diesels have become a little more mainstream, but literally that, that car, I believe, or that engine ruined a lot of people buying diesel engines from that point forward. And I think, you know, just a couple of the small, which by the way, were caused by man, man man-made accidents we had with, you know, just really in, in the United States of America, one real accident that we had at Three Mile Island really ruined it for the for the nuclear energy industry in this country from that point forward all because of one mishap that was really a bad decision by man not because of the product itself am i saying that correctly yes yeah i uh a lot of people don't realize that anything that disturbs the earth releases radioactivity true um even some things that don't so all this rare uh rare earth element mining for evs and stuff all of that is releasing radioactivity so very true which one which one you want to have so anyway i did real quick for everybody listening here's another here's another tidbit of info that most people don't know because i didn't until i learned this the other day of all of the nuclear waste from power plants that we've had in this country and they all go into you know i believe they're 40 gallon or 55 gallon drums one of the two all of the waste that we've generated from the beginning of that to now you could put on a 100-yard football field. You go from sideline to sideline, and you only get to the 20-yard line, Jeff. Hmm. So it's not as yeah. much as everybody thinks is my point. The amount of waste that comes out of one isn't much is my point. Right. The, the, what I really called in for, I had a, con- a different comment in the question. So um, the, the original comment was that uh, uh, we just had a coronal mass injection here in the last week or so. And uh, it made for a great aurora up here in uh, northwestern Montana and uh, all the way along the northern edge of the United States. And uh, so generators are meant for a whole host of things. It's not just, you know, the preppers, the EMPs. You know, uh, five or six years ago, we had a massive windstorm down in in, uh, the Missoula Valley that took out power for three or four days. And my brother said, what do you think? We live in, you know, out in the boondocks or something? Well, when that happened, basically we did. And so, you know, if you didn't have a generator, you lost everything in your freezer. Right. So, you know, it, it's not it's not just these uh, – a hysterical point to be ready for the unknown. It's a, it's a wisdom thing. You're right. So uh, No, you're right. And, and, again, Jeff, what we talked about earlier, and I do want to get back to this with Bill, is – a lot of what even you talked about a moment ago, Jeff, with power generation, if we don't change some things around and have more power generation, Bill and his comment about rolling blackouts a little earlier as they force more people into the EV world, you're going to have those. So you better be prepared because, trust me, those days are coming. Yes, they are. Um, they're, they're just there. They're, I, they're, my, 
Mark my word, they're coming. Yep. And I, yeah. the best, I think the best way yeah. to sum it up is, um, you know, and just because we live here in Colorado and we deal with a lot of snow, that's that's just the topic at hand. That's what we're most familiar with. Correct. It doesn't mean that, hey, there's a lot of generators are sold down in Florida for hurricanes. I mean, there's tornadoes in, in the Midwest. I mean, there's there's lots of other natural disasters. Here's, here's the takeaway from all this. Who are you going to allow control the situation? Mm. Are you going to allow the government to control the situation, or are you going to allow yourself to control the situation? And that's really the bottom line. And so if I have a generator, um, even if it's a little suitcase one, even if it's a little uh, in-battery inverter that I can use for a minute or two, now I've taken control back into my hands, right. and I'm, I have the ability to turn my furnace on or turn my well on or turn my whatever right. on. Um, and I'm not dependent. I think that's the mindset that you need to have, not necessarily the circumstance of a snowstorm or a, no, a forest fire. No, I agree with you. You're, and, and that's really what Jeff's saying is there's yeah. all sorts of things that come into play here. Correct. Do you want to be in control of that or you want somebody else to be? Great point, guys. Yep. Here's my question, too. I heard years ago that, um, that uh, the purpose of a filter on, an, on a furnace is not actually to filter the air coming into the, into the house but uh, to protect the blower motor. That what you want to do is you don't want that motor to get all encrusted with dust and, uh, and wear out prematurely. And so um, I'd like your thoughts on that. And also, um, given the fact that a filter, you know, does pretty much protect or clean all the air going into the uh, supply or the, um, the ducts going into the house that supply the air going into the house, um, you know, there's a lot of companies out there that do duct cleaning, um, Mm. We had that done once, but afterwards I was thinking, if you have a good filter and you're changing it regularly, do you ever really need to clean your ducts after the first time? Great question. So, um, yeah, that's a, that's a selling point, I believe, with filters. Um, so if, you're, if your house is closed, meaning windows are closed, doors are closed, um, your, your HVAC system is what's called a closed system. So it's just recycling the air within. That's why we're really big on whole house fans come springtime and even a nice day in the winter, mm -hmm. you know, turn that turn on, that on and right. recycle your air because you're bringing in fresh air. And so if you have a closed system, the air that is going into your cold air return, past your filter, into the blower motor, across all the components of your furnace, across the heat exchanger and or your EVAP coil, if you're cooling it, and then back out to your ducts, it just makes a circle. You understand right. what I'm saying? It's, right. it's a circulation. And so, you know, even if that filter cleaned the air one time, um, yeah, well, I mean, is it really, it's like the mask, sorry to say this, but it is, really is. is the mask really going to stop the virus? Oh, you're you know? right. Is that filter, oh, okay, so you know what, you need a heavy-duty HEPA, whatever, whatever filter, and it's going to cost you 30 bucks for a filter. Don't ever buy that because that's actually more harmful for your furnace than allowing airflow to go across it because the, the less porous that filter is, the less likely or the more likely it is to get clogged up, and now you don't have the heat flow or the airflow across. To cool the exchanger, right? Cool the exchanger. Which is where they get cracks and so on Or to heat back up yeah. your evac coil, which yeah. is where you get a frozen line. Yeah. So you got to have air Got to have airflow. Right. So there's a fine line. We, we buy a, um, an 8 filter which is a, a medium grade it costs about five bucks you know mm -hmm. you put that guy in you change it once to every two months you know if you have pets 
you're going to pull that pet hair in. But to your point, Jeff, you were absolutely right. It's there to protect the equipment more so than it is to protect the air. The air. Now, if you want to talk protecting the air, yeah, we could throw a UV light in there. We can and typically, though, those come after the furnace. So it's not necessarily a protecting the equipment at that point. It's protecting the UV things. light. Yeah, yeah, because after, right? Because that's condi- that's changing the it's air. It's conditioned air at that point. Right. It's okay. it's already temperatured air, conditioned okay. air, whatever. So right. the the UV light, yeah, you put afterwards. It has nothing. I mean, your your circuit board doesn't care if it's got germs right. or not. Right. It doesn't care. Right. Right. So yes, that's why one okay. of the main things with a furnace is change that filter and don't buy a just had this conversation with somebody the other day they're like well i bought a good you know 30 dollar hepa filter and i'm like don't right you know, and we've talked about that before on air yeah. and and uh, jeff i think the majority of people understand that although there's probably still some misconception along those lines but uh, everything bill just said is is correct so mm-hmm. no and, and, and you are too so a great comment by the way great let's, question let's talk about the heat duct thing because you mentioned that too or the heat cleaning and you know what let's do this we're up against a break jeff can i answer that as soon as we come back Sure, I can actually uh, go. That, yeah, that's fine. I'll let you go. We can answer this as soon as we come back. So hang tight, Jeff. We'll talk about the heat, the duct cleaning end of it, which I don't think we've ever talked about on this program. So we'll be back, talk about that in a moment. Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Can you believe how low rates are staying? Still in the twos. Back in the 40s and the 50s, rates were in the 5 to 6% range. How much longer are you going to wait? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Your home has never been worth more. Take AIM to get that lower rate or shorten your term. Lower your payment and pay thousands less in interest. It's your money. Call 720-895-0500 now. Affordable interest mortgage. Locally owned and family operated since 2001. Are you ready for the future financially? Many of our clients have the ability to access their equity for 30 years without raising their payments now. This prepares them for those speed bumps of life. Ask how you can become mortgage safe too. Take AIM, 720-895-0500, where our reputation of putting you first and listening to you is unmatched in Colorado. Call 720-895-0500 now so you can focus on what's important, family. Regulated by DOOR, NMLS 298-191, equal credit lender. Arc Electric is family-owned and operated since 1999. They specialize in all things electrical, commercial, and residential, and are specialists in living off the grid when it comes to your power needs. Exclusive electrician for Xcel Energy's Home Smart program and for Blue Ribbon Home Warranty. For security and customer service, they'll notify you via text message or phone call when a tech is dispatched to your home. And also who that tech is so you know when they're on their way and who'll be helping you. They also have a big announcement. They will soon be offering HVAC. Arc Electric is also looking for team members that can troubleshoot and are great with customers and with technology. And as they add HVAC, those techs are needed as well. So for all your electrical heating and AC needs, it's Arc Electric. That's Arc with a K. Call 303-656-3689. That's 303-656-3689. The rebate program with American National Insurance saves everyone money by incentivizing responsible money management. Depending on the cost, customers of Paul Leuenberger will sometimes choose to pay out of pocket rather than making a claim because they'd rather receive the sizable rebate at the end of three years than pay their deductible now. As a result, American National Insurance tends to pay out fewer claims each year compared to the competition, which is in part what gives them an A credit rating. 
American National Insurance then passes along that benefit to their customers by keeping their rates as good or better than their competition. With other insurance companies, you'd need to purchase extra rider policies at additional cost in order to receive comparable coverage. But American National Insurance rewards personal responsibility. Call Paul Lewinberger now for more comprehensive home insurance coverage at remarkably reasonable rates. 303-662-0789. 303-662-0789. You don't need a new air conditioner. You just need to get rid of that dead rodent clogging up the wheel. The technicians at Absolute Electrical Heating and Air complete a thorough inspection before making any recommendations. They'll show you the photos to prove it. You know that feeling when you get a copy of a checklist that a technician supposedly completed, but you're not so sure? After a competitor told one customer they'd need a new air conditioner, Absolute came out for a second opinion. Once they opened up the unit, they found a dead rodent stuck in the wheel. They took a picture to show the homeowner. Then they got the rodent out. No new air conditioner needed. You can imagine how grateful the customer was to save thousands of dollars on an unnecessary replacement. Absolute Electrical Heating and Air includes photos in all of their reports. Because you need to see for yourself that you can trust them. Call the team that has nothing to hide. 720-526-0231. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. All right, and we're back. Fix It Radio, KLZ 560. Bill and Heidi from Arc Electric with me today as well. And, of course, Dennis Brewster from, well, used to be wherever. Where is it now? Just from wherever. Right. It's just Dennis Brewster. Yeah, that's right. All right. Mark, before we get to you, real quick, answer that duct cleaning side of things we talked about a moment ago with Jeff from Montana. So if you have uh, a... To recap, for everybody that maybe just turned in, Jeff's question was, if I get ducts all clean, or they're clean initially, mm-hmm. and I keep changing my filter on a regular basis, why do I need to clean, or do I need to keep cleaning the ducts? Yeah, if you're changing that filter, um, I think you're fine. Now, if you have a major remodel project or something within your house, yeah. you might want to do it uh, just to get those down. If we, we had a... Um, an incident at our church where fire extinguishers were, were fired off. Um, we needed our ducts clean because that stuff was all in the in the ducting system. We had to okay. get it out. So if you have something major like that, but on a yearly basis to come clean your ducts, um, no, no, I, I don't okay. agree with that. I think it's a I think okay. it's a useless scan. Now your dryer vent, that's a different topic. Yes. You need to clean that thing. Yeah, and we've yeah. talked about that one in the past. And it's, plenty. You know, with the fire extinguisher, we were able to tell that our AC, our system was working good because it was all equal within the whole building. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mark, I know you got a question on generation as well. We've got time for your call. Go ahead, sir. Hey, good morning. I uh, have a 2,000-watt uh, generator that uh, I went and researched some uh, cables, um, and uh, I made sure that I got a heavy-duty 12-gauge cable um, that was no longer than 80 feet because I think 100 feet is too long when you're running a high uh, high amp load. Um, and so I plugged in my refrigerator to test this all out about a month ago and fired up the generator and it worked. My question is, is while it was the, the refrigerator was running, it was making a pretty loud clicking noise um, that it was not making that sound when it was plugged into the grid power in the wall. And I, I'm just wondering, is that clicking uh, damaging the, the refrigerator or freezer systems? 
that's really hard to yeah i don't know Mark. diagnose because you'd have to hear it what was what size generator do you have 2000 it's a 2000 watt but running off an 80 foot cord so 75 feet 75 uh, okay 75 gauge. foot cord I mean, so just a just a regular twelve gauge extension cord. Am I hearing that correctly? Is that your peak watts or right. is that your run watts? That's uh, that's peak. So it said thirteen point three amps max on okay. that particular circuit, but the but the refrigerator is only rated for I think seven point two. Right, right. That that is it. A pretty new electronic refrigerator. Hmm. I would say in the in the last five years. Yes, it is. Then, so you may have an issue with um, with ground, and that could be what the the clicking oh. is, is because you know the grounding, um, because the generator is not going to be grounded to the earth, right? Unless you drive a ground rod and actually connect to it. it to the earth, right? right? So it's going to be it's not going to be grounded. So you may have some electronics in there that that are needing that ground to to properly work. Um, also, what about this? Bill and, and Mark, I don't know what quality, but I do know this is where some of these quality issues in generators come into play. Is there a difference in the quality of the generation on the sine wave coming out of the generator, and would that have a factor on any of this? It shouldn't, because when you're dealing with electricity, the sine wave, you've got, you've got effective voltage and peak voltage. Um, and that's where some people say, well, I got 115, I got 110, I got 120. It's all correct, right? Because right? it just right. matters where That's you right. where you me measure it on that sine wave. So the peak voltage is the very tip of that sine wave, and that's going to be the the maximum it's going to reach. Now, if you're you're only going to hit that once, versus what's called the effective voltage, which comes down a little bit, you actually hit it twice, um, and that's where it becomes you know the 110 or the 115. Now, if I put a and by the way, voltage drop is not an enforceable code. It's in there, and you don't want more than 3% on, on a branch overall, 5%. So it, but it's not enforceable code. Okay. Um, I can have a 300-foot run to Dennis's barn, and if you know, I can run it to the same amperage that code requires me for, that, for the, the amp draw of the barn, regardless of amperage drop. I can do that and still pass an inspection. I don't do that mm. because if I start off at his pole at 120 and by the time I get you know 500 feet away I might have 108 right right but again it's not enforceable code so we don't we don't ever install that way we always go up just to make sure that there's more surface area okay. less resistance sure um, makes sense it's all pretty Next common yeah, yeah it's all pretty sense. common base thing so you I mean by you getting a you know 12 gauge extension cord versus a 14 gauge extension cord versus a 50 footer versus a 100 footer um that's that's pretty pretty minor i think your issue is is with grounding personally see that's why i think you so, have to have a professional um, do it to be honest with you have bill show up at your house tell him what you want let him figure it all out and do it the proper way yeah for a portable generator though that's probably not going to happen but yeah yeah it's just a real small honda 2000 watt generator the honda's got by the way the honda should have a pretty should have a pretty clean signal or yeah pretty clean power is what i should say there mark coming out of that so that you did well there so that should be okay and i if that's the case and i definitely would say bill's on track but you have no reference yeah. to ground so if you have yeah. no reference right. to ground that's right you see a generator there's there's <laughs> electricity is easy okay doesn't mean everybody can do it but it's really pretty easy you mm -hmm. generate it you control it and then you use it. Right. That's really it. 
So a generation is either through the power plant, through solar, through wind, through whatever a generator, an engine, whatever it is, right? So I'm generating it now. I'm controlling it on off switch. Um, you know, I'm dimmering it down with a rheostat, whatever it may be. That's controlling it, whatever type of switch. Now I'm using it, whatever I'm plugging into. Correct. So if you have a generator, it is generating its own sine wave, but every single electrical system that neutral what we call it is the grounded conductor the ground is the grounding conductor ground per definition of code is the earth right and so if i'm not grounded and i can tell i'm not grounded because i'll get this floating voltage because there's no reference to Mm -hmm. ground and I think that's what you have I going think you're on. Right. I agree with because that. you have a floating mm-hmm. voltage within that generator, yep. and your electronics in your refrigerator don't know how to deal with it. And if I'm not mistaken, so Mark, that, um, that Honda has the ability. I believe there's a small grounding pole that you can go right to earth off that generator if you want to. I'm pretty sure of that on that generator. Yeah, you'd have to look at the hookup. And, but and I think it does. You can even take a big screwdriver and shove it in the ground with That's alligator right. clips. That's exactly right. Reference ground, there you go. And per code, every time yeah, I generate kinda, ground, right I have to front. ground something. That's right. Mm-hmm. All right, Mark, with that, i got to run. Yeah, I appreciate it very much. Right Thanks. So front, great call, though. great conversation. Bill, as always, this is fast. We'll have to have you back. We need like three hours of this with you. Yeah, we're supposed to yeah. talk about furnaces. Because it just keeps generators. rolling and rolling and rolling. So we'll <laughs> yeah. have Bill back. You yeah. can always call Bill directly. Bill, what's your number where folks can get a hold of you if they need to? You'll call and you'll talk to Heidi. So we'll let her give her that number so you recognize the voice. Go ahead, yeah. Heidi. Okay, it's 303-656-3689. Perfect. Guys, thank you very much. As always, Drive Radio coming up next. Jeff Corwin from JC's British and 4x4 joining me. If you're listening on Tuesday, Rush to Reason is next. And, again, you can always uh, text us a question and get that to Bill, anybody that we need to as far as our sponsors go, 307 200 We'll be right back, though. This is KLZ 560.